Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Well, here we are. First Sunday of the new year. How does it... I don't know. Something like this. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Maybe more. I know, it's right back where it started. Um, My wife ran across this meme um, on the, uh, the interweb. And um, it said this. It said, nobody claimed 2022 is your year. We're all going to walk in real slow, be good, be quiet, be cautious and respectful. Don't touch anything. <laughs> I, I think that sums up our feelings about things right now. It, at least it sums up mine. Um, you know, and this was before we had Tornado 2 come through town. I think we, we come to a new year with hope, cautious optimism perhaps. And, you know, I think right now we're in this really weird place. You know, we're afraid to, to get too hopeful and too excited about things. We're, we're a little more cynical perhaps than we were a few years ago. Uh, we're a little more jaded, and we think, ah, it's probably not going to make any difference. Yet there's something, I think, inside of most of us that when you come into a new year, you think to yourself, man, this year things could be better. They could be different. And, and maybe you're, you're afraid to voice them. Maybe you're not a resolution kind of person. That's fine. But I think most of us, as we look at a new year, sort of have this thought in our mind that, you know, this year, you know, things are going to be a little different. You know, uh, you know, you have some hopes for the new year. You're thinking to yourself, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch a little less TV. You know, I'm going to read more. Uh, I'm going to lose some weight. Uh, I'm going to step up my spiritual life. I'm going to pray more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible more. I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to I'm going to spend more time with my kids. I'm going to be more invested in my marriage. I'm going to have deeper friendships. And we have whatever it is for you. You know, you, you come into this new year and you think, man, this, this is what's going to happen. But, but really all of these things that might be a resolution or a goal are really a means to an end. What we're really saying is I hope that I'm better this year. I hope that I'm different this year. That I make change this year. And so the question I think for all of us probably is how do we do that? How do we get from where we are to where we want to be? How do we get from the place we find ourselves now to the place we think that God might be calling us to go? 
Now, I'll tell you, here's what I think. I believe that any meaningful, lasting life change starts with a connection with God. Now, this is not to say, and don't hear me, that, that if you aren't a Christian or you don't you know, start with God, that you can't make some change in your life. Obviously, that's not true. People make change all the time without that. But, but here's what I'm convinced of, that God is in the business of making change, that God is in the business, there's a spiritual word we put with this, of transformation. Or sometimes people will talk about sanctification, making us more like Jesus. There, there is this process of change, and God is a God of change. He's somebody that helps us to make those change. He is in the business of transformation and resurrection. And so if we want to do something amazing in our lives, I think it's going to start with a connection with him. We see this throughout Scripture, but, but the theme verse sort of for us this year is coming from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And I want to read this to you. It says, look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? I'll read that again. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? As I read this passage a few months ago and shared it with the staff, I thought, man, this really sums up the feeling. Because I think that for a while we've kind of been in like this holding pattern, this waiting pattern. We say, you know, we're going to wait for something new to happen. We're going to wait for this to be over. We're going to wait for that to stop. Or we're going to hold on until these things change. And this passage in Isaiah, it reminded me that God is constantly doing new things. And in fact, he's already started to do new things. And in fact, he's already doing something amazing. So the question for us isn't, is God going to do something new? But how are we going to participate in that renewal? How do we get a part of that renewal in our lives? It starts with this, to surrender our past and our present to God. It starts there. It starts with a reconciling of the past with a surrender of this present moment. We see this here in the passage of Isaiah. Isaiah is, is prophesying to this nation of Israel, and they are in captivity because of the sins of their past. They had neglected God. They had embraced uh, idol worship and really terrible practices. And God says, listen, you keep ignoring me, and I keep sending messengers after you. And if you want to live life without me, then that's what I'll let you do. And so he removes from them, we think of like in terms of blessing and protection, and they find themselves in some pretty rough places. They find themselves uh, captured by a foreign power, living in a foreign land, and they are under uh, this oppression from the Babylonians. And they were reminded every single day, as they lived in oppression, lived in a foreign land, lived under this foreign power, that they had messed up, that they hadn't lived up to the expectation for them, and that now they were reaping the benefit of it. You know, the past for them was a dark cloud of shame, and their present was this giant rainstorm of despair. And here's what God says to Israel through the prophet Isaiah. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says. This is Isaiah 43, verse 14. Because of you, I will send an army to Babylon and bring all of them as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. You see, their only way out for them, it was God. And thankfully, God was already at work 
God is telling the nation of Israel, he's saying, listen, I am going to bring down those oppressors. I'm going to bring you the justice that you've been longing for. I'm going to bring you the freedom that you've been praying for. And I'm going to do all this for you because I love you, God says. God says, I'm going to do this. And in fact, I've already started this. I'm putting it in motion already to make this happen. Now, I don't know what's held you back in 2021 or 2020. It probably wasn't a Babylonian oppression. Uh, I, I, I make it a habit to kind of look through the Google search trends for the year, you know, gone past. And like Babylonian oppression did not make the top 10 list of anybody's, you know, search terms. But I, I know that all of us, if we were to look back, we would go, man, there were some things that kind of, you know, held us back a little bit. Again, I don't know what it was for you. I mean, maybe for you, you've got some habits in your life that you're thinking, man, that, that's just holding me back. Maybe for you, you know, you're constantly angry, and it's because, you know, maybe your dad was angry, or you're, you're Irish, or you've got red hair, or, you know, I don't know what it is for you, but, you know, that's one of those things that's kind of stuck with you, and if we're being real honest, it's kind of holding you back, it's holding you down, it's keeping you captive. Maybe it's, it's something from your past. Maybe you just can't forgive an ex because of, of how they treated you and how they left you. And you're dealing with that and you just can't quite seem to get over it. And really, it's sort of holding you in captivity to the past. Or maybe somebody did something to you and it was years ago, or maybe decades ago, and you can't hardly bring yourself to talk about it or maybe haven't talked about it. And you find yourself trapped in that place. I mean, there's real prisons in which we live, friends. Maybe it's that you can't forgive yourself. Maybe you did something and you can't forgive yourself for that. And you find yourself trapped in this place of shame. Maybe over this pandemic you've developed, you know, this, you know, this quirk is what you want to call it. But maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. I don't know. You know, maybe you've found yourself like a lot of Americans and you go, man, you know, I, I'm drinking too much. Or at least that's what the people who love me are saying. You know, maybe your spouse has said, I'm worried about you. Your kids have said, I'm concerned about you. Your parents have said, you know, I think you might have a problem. And if you're real honest with yourself, you think, man, yeah, that's kind of, it is a problem. It's holding me back. It's holding me down. Maybe you've got some regret. You think, man, I should have done this. I should have taken that job. I should have gone to that school. I should have said yes to this person. I should have invested in that opportunity. And now, you know, you missed it. And you think, man, my life is just sort of second rate now from where it could have been. I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you've been. But I think as we come into a new year, we want to take all of this stuff that seems to be holding us back and we want to leave it in the past. And we want to say, let's enter a new year in a new and fresh and transforming way. And here's what I know. I know that God wants to do that. I know that God wants to do something new in your life. He wants to do something new in my life. He wants to do something new in us and in our church and in our community. If you're visiting with us here at church, here's, you know, after the sermon, and we're not there yet, so don't get your hopes up. I still got a few more points I want to talk about. But when we come to the end of the thing, you know, we'll sing a song off. We call it a song of decision. And we do a few things here. Some folks like to pray. Some people like to sing. Some folks like to come up here to this baptistry and remind themselves that God has set them free. And they put their hands in there and they wash them. And they kind of say, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to start over. Others of you, perhaps this morning, you've never started your life with Jesus Christ. I'm excited about this series because this whole series is about how God wants to start something new and how he's doing it right now. And for us as a church, man, when somebody starts a new life in Jesus Christ, we baptize them. 
And it's a symbol that dates all the way back to the Old Testament of leaving our past there in the water and starting a new life with him. These are things that God is offering to us. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us that he could do something new and something that he's already started right now. And that's available to me and it's available to you. Now, as we sit here and we think about this, we're like, okay, that sounds really great, but I don't know what it would look like. I can't imagine how this would be. That's the good news. God has made a new way out. So, so the, the way that you've envisioned deliverance coming is probably not the way that God has envisioned deliverance coming. In our passage, Isaiah 43, we see that Isaiah reminds the Israelites about how God has delivered them in the past, and he does it in unexpected ways. He, he looks back to the time when they were held slavery in Egypt and how they were set free, and how God, as he leads them out of Egypt, he leads them right to the coast, to the beach of the Red Sea. And so you've got the Egyptian army pursuing them this way, and then right in front of them is this just you know, vast expanse of water, and it looks like they're trapped. If you're going to plan an escape, you wouldn't plan it where you couldn't go straight ahead because of the water. And yet that's where God brings them. And what does he do? He parts the sea. You see, God didn't see this as a dead end at all. He didn't see it as a watery grave. He didn't see it as certain defeat. He saw instead a highway to a new way of living. It wasn't a watery grave. It was lifeboat. It wasn't defeat. It was free. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 43 verse 16, he says, this is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty together. They lie down. They do not rise again. They are extinguished, put out like a wick. Isaiah says, remember in the past when you were held captive and you were held in slavery and how God just dealt with that in a way that you didn't see coming? Listen, that's what God's going to do again. Things in the past have looked hopeless, but God is never surprised. Our God is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the first chance, of the second chance, of the third chance, of the fourth chance. Some of you are on like your 400th chance, your 4,000th chance. Your 400,000th chance, your 4 millionth chance. But guess what? That's who God is. You know, I, I get that we get frustrated when we keep coming back to that same place. But here's what I see in Scripture. God is constantly saying, that's all right, let's try it again. We can do it this time because I'm going to give you my spirit. Now often, well not often, always, it's us. We kind of get sidetracked. But God says, hey, let's pick it up. Let's do it again. Let's try it one more time. I think often the problem is we try to navigate and orchestrate our own deliverance. And God says, listen, it doesn't work if you do it your way. You've got to do it my way. You don't get to pick how God is going to deliver you. God is just going to deliver you. The Israelites did not pick going to the Red Sea. God chose that so that he could have a dramatic example of his power that people would never forget. God chooses people that are unexpected, like David, who's a shepherd, and he says, I want you to be a king. God chooses the cross, which is a means of execution, and he says, it's this that gets you to eternal life. You, you can't plan how God's going to do things. God chooses stuff like that today, like that thing that you're ashamed of, that really, if you're praying for it and you're orchestrating your own deliverance, all that you're going to have is that it's just going to disappear and go away. God says, it doesn't work like that. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to take that thing that you're ashamed of. And Scripture practices this idea of confession. 
He says, I need you to admit it. I need you to own it. I need you to confess it. And when you do that, guess what happens? It gets healed. It gets delivered. And it all goes away. The thing that you're hiding and you're pretending that you live well with, but you're really dying. And God says, if you would just bring that out, guess what? You would find wholeness. He chooses things like surrender for us to win. You know, we might say, man, this is the year that I'm going to really pull myself up by the bootstraps and I'm going to deal with this. But that's what you said last year and the year before and the year before that. God says it doesn't work this way. It works through surrender. Where you admit to God, you say, you know what, guess what, God, I can't do that. And God says, I'm not surprised. I know I've seen you fail every single time. Let's try it my way. You know, AA has its roots in in Christianity, it has its roots in faith. And step one for them is what? To admit that you've got a problem. Admit your power. They say, man, I can't defeat it. You go to the meeting, you say your name, and the next step is, I'm an alcoholic. That's, that's, that's before you even get to the steps, that's what you do. Why? Because they've figured out from Scripture and practice that when you just own it, and you own your defeat, and you surrender to God, that's when victory comes your way. You see, God does things in a surprising way. He does things in his way. He turns things around in his time and in his habit. You see, the things we think that might break us, God says, if you would just surrender them to me, I will allow that to make you stronger. And here's what this means. This means that in Christ, everybody that's here this morning can find deliverance from the things that are holding you back. You can find deliverance from an addiction, and it can become a testimony of deliverance and a witness to God's power. It can become a means where you form new and healthier relationships based on truth, not a lie. Your troubled marriage that you've come here with today, it can be a means of transformation for you, where you come to swallow your own pride and own your own stuff, and you say, you know what, I'm going to work on me because I think that that's going to help us be better. And instead of trying to fix the other person, and you end up fixing yourself, and God's power comes into that, and I'll tell you, it transforms you. You see, marriage is one of the schools of transformation. It changes us. It can make us more like God if we will allow it to. And God says, man, all you've got to do is surrender that to me, and let me see what I can do with this. Your dead-end job that maybe sucks the life out of you. That could be a catalyst that God uses to grow courage up inside of you. Where either you deal with a situation as it or that dream perhaps that God has planted in your heart. And you say, man, this is really what I want to pursue. God says, listen, let's do it. Let's go. Let's pursue that. And you find this courage rise up inside of you. Friends, whatever it is, this year, it, it really could be the place where you come into a newness that God has already started. We can choose a new future now in Christ. God is doing something new. And the good news is it's already started. That's why you're here. I don't know why you're here. Maybe you got up and you said, man, you know, this is the year I want to end up in church. But you know, there's a greater plan. God, God wanted you here for a reason. I'm convinced of it. That way you could meet somebody that you've met or Something in the song could speak to you, or perhaps you need this encouragement. You need me to tell you that it's actually possible, that God could really do something in your life, and that he wants to, and that he's ready to. This is what Isaiah tells the Israelites. I love this passage. It says, do not remember the past events. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new even now coming, do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. 
God is saying to the Israelites, listen, the past doesn't define you. It doesn't have to hold you back because I'm ready to do something new. And in fact, I've started doing something new. Are you ready to come into it? See, that's what Isaiah reminds us. He reminds us that God is already doing something new. That's what God does. He meets us right where we are with his power already in motion. And he says, listen, I'm ready to transform you if you're ready. So in fact, I'll go so far as to say this. I think you're here maybe because God is already doing something in you and you haven't noticed it yet. And what God is doing and what it's going to look like and how it's going to end up, you probably can't guess because Isaiah says that God's going to make a way in the wilderness. Isaiah says, listen, God is going to go through an uncharted path, a place that people thought was unpassable. God is going to make a way through it. Listen, we've seen this true with the pandemic. We've seen this true with everything so far. You know, we hadn't charted the course, but God knew the way. You know, I know that in 2020, we were all kind of like, what's happened? But guess what? God was not surprised. God wasn't like, oh my gosh, it's really broke loose down there now. I don't know if we're going to be able to handle it. No, he knew where he was going. And he knew how he was going to chart a path for the church and how he's going to chart a path for us as individuals. I mean, listen, God is ready. He is making this way in the wilderness, like the prophet Isaiah reminds us. You know, God has got things under control. I needed to be reminded of that this week. As I started to read about, you know, Omicron and all this stuff and countries, this and that and the other thing, and I thought, you know what? God's not surprised by this. God's not taken off guard. He is making a way through. He's making a way through for me. He's making a way through for you, for our church, for all of us. I started thinking about all the good things that God has done. This last year, since July, we have welcomed two new families into our congregation every single month. Man, that's exciting. I couldn't tell you the last time we welcomed that many families into our church regularly. I'm thrilled about this. And, and I know people keep asking me, you know, when's the church going to come back? Friends, we're back. You know, we're here. And yeah, I get that some of our numbers aren't, you know, pre-pandemic levels. I, I hear that, but you keep welcoming two new families a month, and guess what's going to happen? That's going to take care of itself. Here's what I'm excited about is the vibrancy, the life, the, the youthfulness within our congregation. I look at this, and I am full of hope. I, I think about how generous our congregation has been in the midst of tornado relief and, and then a year where I know it's been a struggle for a lot of folks Man, we were able to have such a generous gift for the king offering. I think, man, that surprises me. But it shouldn't because God is at work. He is the one who's already started doing something amazing. This is what Isaiah said would happen. That God would give us a way. He wouldn't just give us a way. He wouldn't just give us a map. He wouldn't just say, hey, there's the wilderness. Keep going straight. And eventually, if you stay in the desert long enough, you'll make it through. No, he says he's going to provide. The last few verses here, Isaiah 43, says, Wild animals, jackals, ostriches will honor me. Because why? I provide water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people I formed for myself will declare my praise. Listen, I'm going to go with you through the desert. I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to provide for you. So all you've got to do is decide, are you going to take that next step with God? Are you going to enter into 2022 with him? You're going to leave the past behind. You're going to surrender the present. And you're going to say, God, I'm going to let you guide me. I'm going to let you lead me to where we need to go. I'm going to let you do that work of transformation in me. I've, I've tried too long, God, trying to do things on my own terms. And I'm going to surrender and allow you to do this. Friends, that's what God is waiting for. He's waiting for you to make that decision. 
Because he wants to do something new. He wants to do it, and he's actually doing it right now. That's what we're going to talk about in this next series, is all the things that God is doing new in us. We're actually going to start going through the Gospels. Next week, I'm going to talk about how we've got to have some new expectations to experience the newness of Christ. The week after that, Nathan's going to share, and he's going to talk about the new relationships that we're forming with God and, and even with those around us. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about how we equal nothing without Jesus, and we kind of have to have a new math if we're going to come into life you know, in a new way of living with God. A week after that, Megan Case, she's going to be preaching on a new childhood, how we have to become children in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then this series, we're going to wrap this all up come February as we talk about a new birth, what it means to accept Christ through the waters of baptism. And I know some of you, you know, that's something you need to do. And I hope that you can stick with us through the series as we look at all the things that God is wanting to do new in us this year. But you don't have to wait for any of that. The worship team's going to come out here. We're going to sing a song. And this morning can be a time for you to make a decision, for you to say, listen, I don't know what 2022 is going to hold, but I know that I'm going to enter into it a different and new person. And so if that's your decision this morning, I'm going to be sitting over here. I'd love to talk to you, love to pray with you. If you want to talk with me, you want to pray with me, you've got questions, I'll be over here. Others of you, man, it's time for you to just say, you know what, God, I know what I need to do. I know that I need to be surrendered. And you just, you could do that from your seats. You could come up here. You could put your hands in back. Just remind yourself that you've been made new in Christ. Listen, friends, time is yours. Let's not waste it. Let's use it to decide together that we're going to enter into God's newness this year right now. Why don't you stand and let's stand.
You can be seated. Right now we come to our time of communion, and we do this every Sunday. If you're new, let me just tell you how we do communion. In our minds, we serve this from God's table, not ours. So if you're a believer in Jesus, you're welcome to participate. I'm going to give you a few moments to just have some quiet and talk to Jesus. If it's been a while and he's not heard from you, that's okay. He's, he's, he'd love to talk with you. He'd love to hear from you this morning. Um, and then in a moment afterwards, uh, we're going to take this, this little piece of bread here that reminds us of his body. We're going to drink this cup. It's juice, but it reminds us of his blood. And the New Testament tells us that when we do this, not only are we celebrating and remembering and saying thank you for the cross that makes the new way possible, but that through this we're actually proclaiming our faith in it and our belief in Christ and the future that he has for us. So this morning, let's, let's pray. Let's talk to God about that. Let's surrender to him our past. Ask him to bless this coming year. And then we'll take communion together in a few moments. Let's stick together the bread, the body of Christ. Another cup. Just one. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful for the cross. We're thankful for the new life that Jesus has provided for us. God, we we are reminded that we don't have to be held back by anything because Christ has set us free from everything. And not only that, God, you're filling us with your spirit and empowering us to live a new life in you. So God, may this act of communion, may it be for us a spiritual meal this week that gives us the strength to walk in a new way of living with you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined us today for worship. Uh, if you're visiting with us, don't just jet out right away. There will be people putting up chairs, sure, but we'd love for you to stick around a little bit. Or if you still have to jet out the door, that's fine, but grab a visitor's bag on your way out. It's just for our neighbors. We'd love for you to take one of those. It's got a gift, um, and it's got some information about the church, uh, so love for you to, to grab that. And don't forget, if you are new, you want some more information about the church, the best thing to do is to text WELCOME to 270-842-6231. You can do that online uh, as well, and that that gets us in touch uh, with each other. So let's thank Brian for coming all the way out from Washington. 
You cannot justly worship here. Yeah, yeah. And not to see your family or Katie's family or anything like that. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. All right, why don't you stand? And we're going to be dismissed here with a, with a benediction here. Receive this benediction from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that it hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. Church, go and have a great new year. Good job, everybody. Go team.